Hi, my name is Josh Lingle, and in this session, I'd like to address the issue of insider movements. It's a, uh, an issue of, uh, in Christian missions about contextualizing the gospel. Uh, contextualizing and contextualization of the gospel is, is an important thing. It's about speaking clearly into the culture so that people can properly understand what you're saying. Normally, uh, contextualization has to do with things like uh, uh, the kinds of clothing you wear or uh, the, the things that you may say. Uh, it could talk about ethnomusicology. It could talk about all these different kinds of cultural things, if you wear ties or uh, different kinds of clothing and so on. But uh, this question of insider movements is actually a question of how much is it possible to uh, go into the culture, and actually not just into the culture, but into the religion. And so insiders adopt the culture or the religion as a culture. And this is a area of false teaching for the church. Uh, it's an area, area that we very much believe is heresy within the church and needs to be addressed when dealing with the question of Christian missions to Muslims. Uh, adopting uh, the culture uh, in uh, different platforms or places or nations of the world is a very uh, important thing. Uh, there are, are sinful things in a culture that need to be rejected, but in general, the culture can remain neutral so that it can be adopted. However, when you are adopting the religion of a different God, or you're adopting the scriptures of a different God, a false scripture, or you're adopting what a false prophet says, and you begin to uh, utilize that in your own identity uh, across the field. This is, prohibition, this is prohibited uh, in the Bible. In the Old and in the New Testament, <clears throat> it's clear that God's prohibitions against false gods and idolatry in, uh, in the Old Testament, in Isaiah 6 and 7, and also in Jeremiah 10, it says to keep yourself clean from the traditions of the nations. And in uh, 1 John, it talks about keeping yourself clean from idolatry. And so these issues of adopting a different religion, either what they do, the practices, or the beliefs of a different re uh, religion, is, uh, in, our in our belief, is false teaching in the church. So uh, I want to address this issue that's very important in, uh, in uh, insider movements. It's sometimes called different things. Uh, sometimes it's called insider movements. Uh, they change the terminology all the time. Sometimes it's called fruitful practices. <laughs> and it always has to do with remaining within the context of which they came. Not just the cultural context, again, that we're talking about, but the religious context. And this is something that really needs to be de dealt with. Contemporary missions uh, is firmly committed to contextualizing the gospel to other cultures. And one of the most trumpeted recent examples of the contextualization methodology is this so-called insider movements, sometimes called C5. It's used with different names. But insider movements have been defined as, quote, popular movements to Christ that bypass both formal and explicit expressions of Christian religion. A key text that's uh, used to support insider methodology is 1 Corinthians 7.20, which says, each one should remain in the condition in which he was called. Insider movements are not expressions of church planning. They remain outside of Christianity and within their original faith system, in this case, Islam. The gospel is incarnated within the original culture, 
uh, insider or sometimes called Messianic Muslims, like Messianic Jews or something like that. Messianic Muslims, uh, therefore, do not consider themselves as Christians and usually as not Muslims followers of Jesus. Uh, the phrasing itself implies a continuum from unbelief to Christ, not from unbelief to Christianity. A proponent, uh, John Travis, uh, describes Messianic Muslims as Christ-centered communities who have accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. Believers remain uh, legally and socially within the Islamic community, and aspects of Islam incompatible with the Bible are rejected, or if possible, reinterpreted into the new faith system. Believers may remain active in the mosque, if uh, sufficient numbers pr uh, permit, a, this, a C5, uh, uh, Travis's term for Messianic Muslims, mosque may be established. Phil Parshall notes that they call themselves Muslims without any reference to their relationship to Christ. They perform the Salat like any other Muslim, uh, though the content of their, their prayers may actually vary. They affirm the Shahada, the Islamic creed, that there's no God but Allah and Muhammad's his messenger, his prophet, and so on. And they may go to ritual pilgrimage on Hajj. I, I know of, of one group that was planning on going to Hajj and even met a, a, a missionary who was raising money with uh, Calvary Chapel churches in order to, uh, he, wanted, he wanted to uh, go on Hajj one day. And so the, uh, his wife wouldn't let him go, but he wanted to. So that desire is there. They may participate in their own uh, communities to worship. And in certain insider communities, evangelical Christians can legally convert to Islam and join the mosque community. They justify their choices by comparing what they do to the early coexistence of churches and synagogues in the first century. The hope, of course, is that these Messianic Muslims will redefine and reshape Islam according to the Bible. The concern for removing cultural barriers has also led, over the last uh, 10 years, to the creation of what are called insider Bible translations. And this is very important and I think moves definitely into the area of heresy. These are characterized by a commitment to using vocabulary and phrasing uh, uh, words changing words uh, familiar to and acceptable to the Muslims. Uh, some of these uh, different translations advocate, for example, the replacement of the words son of God in the Bible. So any of the uh, 77 references to son or 44 references to son of God in the New Testament are extracted and they're put in with something else. They change it to son of God, something like what the Quran says. Isa al-Masi, or uh, Jesus the Messiah, or uh, they could say something like Putra, like in the Malaysian uh, insider movement uh, translation. Uh, Putra means prince, but prince is very different from the Son of God, and obviously uh, you don't have a trinity if you uh, are calling the Father Lord, and then, then Isa al-Masi, or prince, it needs to be Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so they're extracting these things and creating basically heretical uh, translations of the Bible. It shouldn't be funded, it shouldn't be supported, and it should be rejected by every church in the world. 
A verse in the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 7, 20, uh, is used repeatedly to justify remaining in Islam. The context, however, does not fit as it deals with domestic circumstances like marriage. To drag an application from uh, that to a question of the endorsement of another religion, of a different god, of a false prophet, of a false scripture, does violence to the text. Furthermore, it ignores the vast array of biblical injunctions to avoid other religions. The Bible is saturated with injunctions to avoid uh, syncretism and idolatry. In fact, they often use those words like syncretism. The, uh, the word syncretism is an anthropological word. It isn't a biblical word. Uh, the words that are used, and we, we need to use biblical language as disciples, uh, so we understand what each other are talking, are, are talking about. For example, idolatry is a word that would be used, not syncretism. Um, false teaching would be uh, a word that would be used. Um, super apostles, uh, false prophets, uh, things like this. These, this is the language of the Old and New Testament, so we can understand what we're talking about. And so syncretism makes it kind of nice. So I think we should be rejecting all of these terms, uh, MBB, syncretism, all these things, and use biblical terms so that we can, uh, we can understand what each other are talking about. Uh, C5's reply with these situations in 2 Kings 5 concerning Naaman, worshiping at the temple of Ramon. But it's difficult to see how this trumps anything. One vague, unexplained reference does not counteract the hundreds of references and the weight of the entire Old Testament, which condemns false religion. The Old Testament is, is primarily a, a, it's a, it's a polemic against other gods, against the nations and the false gods of those nations, to worship the true God and not to follow those uh, ways of idols that don't speak and they cannot hear and so on. And therefore, the people of idolatry can't hear from God or speak for God. And so it's very important to upkeep this prohibition and to walk in the ways of Yahweh and walk in the ways of the Lord. Insiders also attempt to distinguish between idolatry and monotheistic religions like Islam. But this does not clear up the Bible's equation of true religion with covenantal revelation. To equate biblical revelation and products of general revelation in human fallenness, such as Islam, is to erect a bridge to false teaching, heresy, syncretism, super apostles, traditions of the nations, and so on. Not incarnational witness amongst the people we're trying to reach. The Bible never stops with a simple generic monotheism. It is not trying to say all the religions kind of work the same and we, we just follow this one kind of oblique or undescribed God. Uh, standing on the other side of this equation are passages such as 2 Corinthians 6.14 through 7, uh, 7 verse 1, counseling believers against being unequally yoked to unbelievers, idolaters, and so on, false religions. In this case, the context is believers from pagan backgrounds continuing to worship in their former context. The counter-arguments uh, that Islam does not worship idols is not completely accurate either. Islam does not worship the triune God. He is not personal. He doesn't walk amongst us. He doesn't uh, have a son uh, who has been sent as an incarnate son of God on the earth. His self-disclosure is not 
the relational experience of the entire historical early church who experienced him as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, like in the baptism narratives and so on. That these were present, and so Allah is none of these things. He never walked in the garden in Genesis and called out to Adam, where are you? He never wrestled with Jacob. He wasn't a fire by, uh, by night and a cloud by day. He didn't show up amongst mankind. God's empowering presence is what the whole Old Testament and New Testament is about. So Allah is a very different, distant God that never comes to the earth, sends a book, and says, here, go save yourself. That is not our religion, and we're not to be involved with it or participating in its beliefs and its practices. It is not the triune, self-disclosed love that suffers the God that we worship. Now, Insider missiologists appear to place the bar too low in an attempt to uh, keep the church from placing it too high. Assessments by insider proponents extol the life-changing virtues of the movement. And this all sounds good, but it leaves out the church and everything that goes with it, so they don't participate with the churches. Um, proponents say that the denial of Christ's cross uh, crosses the line into syncretism, but that surely can't be enough. Denying Christ is what? And what constitutes denial? It seems that the denial should include the denial of Christ's divinity, uh, his eternal pre-existence as God the Son, the, uh, the Trinity, his visible body, and the Catholic universal visible church. Some insiders, like the emergent church movements in open theism, try to insinuate that the that received uh, church doctrines, such as the Trinity and high Christology, along with the creeds and confessions, are the, uh, the corrupt seed of the biblical Hebrew faith mixing with Greek philosophy. This is a, it's a poisonous co uh, cocktail consisting of bad theology mixed with bad history. It's a denial of the standards of faith and life laid down in, by the Bible, the essence of which contradicts every other faith system. Insiders see the joining of a church and separation from the mosque as an extra step. It's not. Claims to be Christ-centered rather than church-centered create a false dichotomy. The church is an essential part of the gospel and its transformation in people's lives. All too often, Messianic Muslims are left to their own devices and professing of faith, or they receive a splash of rudimentary training. The instructions received may be sufficient for a decision, but it falls far short of transformational change. In the absence of clear teaching that connects Messianic Muslims to the Bible and the universal visible church, through time, what safeguards are there to prevent insiders from becoming something that is a syncretistic, heretical, false teaching, amalgamum, super apostles of Islam, and liberal evangelicalism. Sadly, missionaries commonly cordon off the insider community from the larger church where they belong. Do insider practices mislead people or illuminate Christ? People go for life to the mosque. They don't go to the church. They retain their self-identity as Muslims. They don't become Christians. They pray the Salat, so they remain within uh, within the, the religious practices of Islam. In Surah 5, Ayah 111, it says, believe in Allah and his prophet Muhammad and bow towards prayer in Mecca. This is the identity card. It is the passport identity of what 
a Muslim, a real Muslim, really is. The identity of uh, a Muslim in the Hadith of Gabriel, where the prophet Muhammad is speaking to Gabriel, they identify what is Islam and, and so on. And the prophet Muhammad to Muslims says to the angel Gabriel, and basically lays out the articles of faith uh, and the, the uh, pillars of Islam. So these are the identity cards of what a Muslim really is. But we're not Muslims, we're Christians. We are followers of Christ and our discipleship and where we draw from our teachings about God is from Jesus of the Bible. So we go to, for example, the, uh, the Sermon on the Mount is the primary text for where we draw of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. Not from all these other uh, practices of Islam or false gods or false religions and so on. So we don't pray this a lot. We don't affirm the prophethood of Muhammad. We don't go on Hajj. These are not things that Christians are supposed to participate in, and we're supposed to be a witness to a different way and a different life in Christ that is born of the Spirit and is Spirit-led and is, has the fruit of the Spirit and is God's mission on the earth. They may eventually be seen as heretical Muslims by their communities, but they present themselves as mainstream Muslims as though Islam has room for a fully realized Christ. It does not. It does not have a room for that. The Quran is, 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 is very clear about these issues, as you've seen in uh, or will see in other lectures. Paul became all things to all people in 1 Corinthians 9, but he publicly announced his allegiance to Christ. There was no doubt to everyone who listened to Paul as you read throughout the book of Acts and in his epistles what he stood for. Practices condoned by in insiders such as the ritual prayers are not seen for what they really are. The salat is not simply seen as prayer, but more accurately is a binding act of loyalty of exclusive worship. It necessarily excludes Judaism and Christianity. He joins with Muslims all over the world, these insiders, in facing the same center towards Mecca. All his words and his actions, except for some trivial differences among different schools of thought, are the same. Thus, he expresses his spiritual unity with the community of Muhammad. It is also deceptive in the sense that its practitioners often receive support and financial support from churches in the West on the, on the basis of their presenting themselves as Christians while they live on the field as Muslims or supporting those on the field as Muslims. In, in modern days, how it works is many will write lots of papers and put them up on the internet about insider movements. They'll raise uh, money for those movements in places like Bangladesh or, or, or different countries uh, around the world, Northern Africa and so on. And then they say, oh, we're not insiders. We just uh, notice the phenomenon of what it's happening. And so even these, uh, these the, uh, theoretical people that are writing and promoting the insider movement, that needs to be dealt with. Um, the, uh, the Bible says that um, if anybody preaches any other gospel than that which we brought to you, anybody's writing epistles or writing documents that are including people going into Islam, a religion, and treating it as a culture, is teaching false teaching. And so we need to deal with that and not fund 
these people who are actually participating in expanding this across the globe. Paul, uh, people routinely use terms such as church planning when they're raising money. Uh, they use things like calling themselves Christians or pastors, etc., in the United States uh, and not on the field. So they are representing themselves in, quote, contextualizing with, uh, with the people who are in America. And uh, as this is spreading overseas, as it has uh, spread over the last 30 to 50 years, uh, this movement, that they are now mobilizing resources with national movements and national churches. And that's why we need to uh, put this into so many languages so that people can understand what's happening with these insiders on the field. Are Messianic Muslims related to Muslims or Christians? Missionaries are quick to associate them with Christians. They confuse, the confusion stems from uh, insider movement attempts to avoid any categorization that forces it to submit fully to a larger body, either the mosque, the ummah, or the church and the body of Christ. The description of insider, uh, insider movements as movements to Christ sums up the problem. Where is a movement? Uh, proponents think the attempt to locate it is misguided, but they ultimately miss the point. The ecclesia, where we get the word church, and kat, uh, kachol are Greek and Hebrew terms signifying actual assemblies of God's people, connected together through time and through space in one covenant with God. This one covenant is very important. Uh, the idea of, uh, sometimes they talk about kingdom circles, and they'll say, well, if Jesus feeds the poor, that's the kingdom of God that he talked about. And if Muhammad feeds the poor, well, that's, that's the kingdom of God because they're all feeding the poor. If Buddha and others feed the poor, then that's all within the kingdom of God. But the problem is, is that that's not within the kingdom of God. Why? Because the kingdom of God is covenantal. God has covenants that he has made with his people, and it is not just about concentric circles of people doing common practices. It is about being in a covenant relationship with God, and that's what it's about. It's about knowing him and about being and experiencing his community and presence through that community. Uh, it's not simply a movement. It, it, interesting, this is one of the same mistakes that the emergent church movement makes, to say that you are a, a church also implies that you cannot simultaneously belong to two different religions or two different faith systems or philosophies. You're following simply one God or another. God established the church in the Bible defines it. To say that you constitute a Muslim church or a Muslim Christian is therefore a total contradiction in, in terms. Islam is an anti-Christian world and life view. We have a book coming out on this, and we called it, entitled it, Chrislam. It's edited by Dr. Jeff Morton, Bill Nikitis, and myself. But it's called Chrislam, How Missionaries Are Islamicizing the Gospel to Muslims. And so it will encourage you to take a look at that. Insider movements claim the desire to avoid syncretism, but this is trying to close the barn after the cows have already left. 
It's divided loyalties and deceptive religious practices, poor theology, and separatist impulses, such as a redundant Muslim background Bible, all indicate movements away from a biblical understanding of faith rather than a biblical movement towards Christ. How can someone who believes he is a true Muslim follower of Jesus attend the mosque, consult the Quran, and acknowledge Muhammad as God's prophet, all of which contradict the core of biblical teaching without being mired in syncretism, false teaching, heresy, and so on. On the other hand, perhaps Messianic Islam could be seen as a kind of a movement to Christ in some way, but it's, it's undefined. It needs the gospel presented, and people need to accept Christ as their Lord and Savior and enter into that covenant community. A careful examination of insider movements suggests the critical need of churches to assess the role of missionaries engaged in Muslim-focused ministry. Insider movements could have scarcely gotten to the places that they have Uh, without, to the present point, without the active support of both uh, churches and individuals, both in terms of uh, uh, financial support and personal support. It would be in the direct interest of the worldwide church for it to uh, more directly engage in the missionary endeavor. The church and the field are far too distant from one another. Uh, The far greater accountability, especially doctrinal in terms of the practices, are called for. The, uh, one of the things that uh, are happening throughout the United States and, and throughout the world is that churches are developing doctrinal statements but also practice statements for their missionaries. Before missionaries are sent out to the field, they have to go through a time of discipleship and training, and they also have to sign uh, documents that and describe how it is that they're actually evangelizing Muslims. They describe how it is that they actually, um, what they call themselves on the field. Do they call themselves Christians, or are they calling themselves Muslims? They ask, how are they sharing the, Christ, uh, how are they sharing the gospel with them? Are you sharing from the Bible, from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the gospels, and what Jesus taught about the kingdom of God? Or are you teaching lots and lots and lots of verses from the Quran? Uh, for example, uh, some, uh, uh, some things are not considered insider movements, but they're still aberrant teaching. For example, the, uh, there's a, uh, a book called The um, Camel Method. And in this book, there's hundreds of Quranic verses uh, uh, that, that go and try and walk through the Quran of all the prophets and all of the different uh, verses that try and get people to walk towards Christ. But clearly, in the camel method and in the Quran, uh, there is no fully realized divine son of God that has come to the earth to die for our sins uh, in replace for you and me. So it's very, very important that uh, we reject these kinds of teachings that try and include or or work as bridges uh, and so on from the Quran, and also adopting the practices of Islam and the Islamic traditions, this needs to be rejected outright. Thank you very much.